Welcome to Growing in Grace with Associate Pastor Josh Shell. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Josh gives today's message. Hey, well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Guys, this has been an incredible morning. So if y'all don't have more excitement than that, I don't know what's going on. We just took the Lord's Supper, which is the greatest gift, the greatest thing that we could ever do in this life as believers, to celebrate what the Lord has done for us and that he died on the cross for our sins, rose again, and through his blood, we are now atoned. We are justified by his blood. And that's exactly what we're looking at today as we continue our series of the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out and open up to Galatians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21. And if you guys haven't noticed, I got this fancy dancy little microphone in my ear, which allows me to come way out here, and I'm so excited about it. Y'all thought I was crazy behind the pulpit. Wait till I start moving around, right? So, but I am excited for us to continue this uh, uh, going through the book of Galatians today as we look at uh, these verses in chapter two. This has been just an incredible study for me personally. I hope it's been good for you. And I know we're only two chapters in. We still have a long way to go in this book, but there's so much rich, so many rich things in this book for us to just really take apart and for us to apply to our lives every day. So I'm excited for us to look at this um, together. But before we continue, I'm gonna just going to stop and pray for us one more time, and then we will uh, look at this passage. So will you pray with me? Lord God, we just thank you so much for today and the gift that it is to be here. Lord, we thank you for the grace in which you pour out over us every single day, the new mercies that are poured out. Lord, we thank you for your creation and allowing us to be a part of it. Lord, your creation displays your glory, and, and Lord, you deserve all of our praise. And so, Lord, we just thank you for that. And I just pray that as we look at this passage today, that you will open our hearts and our minds to the reality of what we have in you when we proclaim and profess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, Lord, we, we receive the free gift of salvation of grace, and Lord, we are just so thankful for that. So just prepare our hearts for what we're going to be looking at today, Lord, and will you just lead us through this, it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read this passage together, okay? If y'all would like to stand with me and honor God's word, that'd be fantastic. We'll go through this together. So picking up verse 15, it says, We yourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet you know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Do not, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, 
that Christ died for no purpose. Awesome. You guys can be seated. Thank you. So as we look at this passage today, there's three things I want to pull out for us to understand here. That as a result of us, and when we, as we take the, the next step to, for the right behavior with the right belief, ultimately it's founded upon us choosing to surrender our lives to Christ. Believing by faith in Christ and Christ alone. It is through that being crucified with Christ that we are able to have these three things. That one, the first thing I want to see is that we are accepted by God. We are accepted before God through faith in Christ. We see that here in verses 15 through 17. I love the way that Paul starts this passage out, this section out, because he says, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here, he says, Hey, I recognize that we are Jews by birth and that according to the law, we are separated from the Gentile sinners. But what he's addressing here in verse 16, he says, hey, there is no longer, though we were once separated, though we were once considered higher than the, than the sinners, there's no longer any distinction between us. There's no difference between us. We are now on the, level, the same level. We are on the same playing field. Because that's what he says there in verse 16, right? He says, yet you know that a person is not justified by works of the law. Whoa, that's bold, Paul. That's the very thing. You're attacking the very thing in which the whole Jewish tradition is based upon, the Old Testament law. But he says, you are not justified by the, old, the, by the law, but through what? Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ and Christ alone. This is huge. This should bring us so much joy and so much excitement because now we no longer have to conform to the Old Testament law, nor do the churches of Galatia at this time, which Paul is addressing, but rather we can have freedom in Christ through faith alone, through his grace. And that through that faith, we are now justified. And that word justified or justification is a, is a gracious act of God by which God declares a sinner righteous through who? Christ through Jesus the only way we can ever be justified be forgiven of our sin being able to be before a judge and declared uh, guiltless is through Christ and Christ alone through his atonement through the blood of Christ this is the picture because we are now justified through faith in Jesus Christ when God looks at us he no longer sees a guilty, sinful man. When God looks at me, praise the Lord, by the way, that he doesn't just see a sinful man who's condemned. But when he looks at me, what does he see? When he looks at you, what does he see? The blood of Christ. If you put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus. And by seeing the blood of Christ, he says, this person, he is free. His debt's been paid. He gets, he gets the free gift of salvation of eternal life. But if you don't put your faith and hope in Christ and you continue to try to obtain your salvation through this law by, by, uh, uh, by fulfilling these, this list of things in which cannot bring you salvation, when God looks at you, he doesn't see the blood of Christ. When God looks at you, he still sees the condemned sinner standing before him 
and you're going to have to answer to your sins. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Paul later talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. This is not of anything that we have done, but it's a free gift of salvation through Christ. Right? This is a glorious picture. And again, how do, we, how do we receive this faith? How do we receive this free gift? Well, Paul also talks about that in Romans chapter, or Romans chapter 10, verse 10, right? He says, if one believes in his heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confesses with his mouth, he shall be what? Saved. Key thing there is that you have to believe in your heart. Again, going back to the distinction between Jews and Gentiles is that idea of circumcision, Right? Circumcision is just this big physical, uh, you know, it's a physical representation of the covenant that you made between God, between you and God in the Old Testament law. But let me explain something to you guys. Circumcision is not just physical. It's spiritual. And that's what, Ro- that's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 2. I don't have a whole lot of time left, but I'm going to read this to you anyway. Romans chapter 2, verses 25 through 29, it says this. It says, For circumcision is of indeed value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. Hmm. This is Paul telling this to Jews, right? So if you are circumcised, if you are of the circumcision, and if you can't, if you can't uphold all the law and you break one aspect of it, guess what? You might as well just nullify your circumcision. You're uncircumcised. And he goes on, so if a man who is uncircumcised, however, keeps the precepts of the law, will his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Wow. Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code of circumcision but break the law. That is powerful. What Paul is talking about is that through, if, if, if a person of circumcision or a Jew doesn't keep all aspects of the law and they break just one, guess what? They lose their circumcision. But if someone who is uncircumcised fulfills all aspects of the law because it is written on their heart, they're able to condemn the circumcised man who broke the law. Ain't that something? But he goes on and says this, For no one is a Jew who is one merely, who is one merely and one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, not by the law. He, goes, he finishes with, his praise is not from man, but from God. This is huge for you and I. Because you and I, Gentile sinners, are now able to become Jews. We are adopted into the family of God. Because of the faith and the hope that we have in Christ and through his crucifixion. And he goes on to verse 17. This is a very uh, interesting question that Paul poses there in verse 17 where he says, But if, if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. So why is Paul asking this question then? He's, what he's trying to uh, communicate to the churches here is this, is that just because you have received the free gift of salvation, you have the grace of Christ that covers your sin, does not mean that you can keep on sinning. 
That's called cheap grace. It's that mindset of, hey, I have Christ in my life, and all as, long, as long as I have Christ, I can just continue to live my life and eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. That is a false gospel. That is a false narrative. Paul is saying that just because you have grace does not mean you can keep on sinning. Because Jesus is not a servant of sin. He's a servant of righteousness. And when you choose to put your faith in Christ, you put on Christ in you put on Christ and you have the indwelling spirit of Christ in you, which means that you are no longer a servant of sin, but rather a servant of righteousness. And you should have that same desire and that same passion to pursue righteousness as Christ did, as Christ does. Amen? Which leads me to the next point here in verses 18 through 20, is that not only are we accepted by God through faith in Christ, but now we are made alive in God through faith in Christ. We see that here, verses 18 through 20a, with the first half of verse 20. For he says, For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. In verse 18, what Paul is referring to here is, is him tearing down the Old Testament law in his life. He's talking about his, his previous life and how he was so adamant about fulfilling the law that he became so zealous to destroying the gospel because of what the law commanded of him. He says, if I've torn that down, then why would I try to rebuild it? Because when I was pursuing that law, I was lost. I was walking in sin. I was walking in transgression. So if, if, if that's my life in the law, then why would I try to rebuild it? Again, he's going back to the idea of our sin in verse 17. If we've been covered by grace, then why are we going to try to continue on sinning? Because all sin does is lead to death. But when we are made alive in Christ, we have life. So why are we going to try to rebuild what we've already torn down in this life when we receive Christ? Here's what the Old Testament law shows. Y'all ready for this? I'm not trying to say the Old Testament law is, is uh, obsolete. The Old Testament law is still very prevalent today. We need to be reading it. We need to study it. Because what the Old Testament law does is that it shows us that we cannot solve the problem of our sin. We cannot solve our sin. There's only one who can solve that problem, that is Christ alone. And that's what we see in verse 19 when Paul says, For I have, I have been, uh, for through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. And what Paul is referring to here is that through the law, the law required atonement for sin. According to the Old Testament law, there had to be this sacrifice to pay the price for your sin. There had to be that atonement of sin there. And instead of Paul having to pay that price, or instead of us having to pay that price, who paid it for us? Jesus. Y'all, y'all can speak up. It's okay. <laughs> Jesus, right? Christ paid that price for us so that way we don't have to pay it. And through that payment and by faith in Christ, Paul was now joined together with Christ and he now partakes in that atonement. Praise the Lord, because that's the same for us today. 
Because of the price in which Christ paid for us on that cross that day, we, when we confess Christ and believe in him, we now put on that same atonement. When our, our price has already been paid. So when he says that in verse 19, he says, uh, you know, for through the law I died to all so that I might live to God. We all need to be saying that. Because of the finished work of Christ and the atonement of his blood. And he goes on in verse 20. In the first part, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. And when you surrender your life to Christ, you're not just, here's the thing, you're not just receiving salvation when you surrender your life to Christ. You're receiving it, but you're also committing your life to follow. You're committing your life to live it out. It's not just you receive the free gift and you're done. You receive the free gift and you get this desire inside you to want to please God. So what Paul talks about later on in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, what? The new has come. Your life has been transformed. Your spirit has been renewed. You no longer have the passions of the flesh in which you once lived before you knew Christ. But rather, you desire to follow Christ in every way. So when he says that I've been crucified with Christ, there's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. This is a beautiful picture here. We no longer have to worry about our sin because Christ paid the ultimate price for us. And through the atonement of his blood, we are now made right before a righteous, holy God. And as a result of that, we should be on fire to, to share the good news of Jesus to those who don't have it. Are y'all awake, man? Come on. This is like, this is what I'm talking about. When you receive the good news of Jesus, it should light a flame in you that you cannot contain. Now I get it. There's times where I don't do that as well. I'm going to be completely transparent. There's times where I walk in and I encounter somebody that I don't really want to talk to. I'm not really in the mood to try to, to share the good news. So I'm just as guilty. So I'm not trying to cast judgment on anybody. But the reality is, though, is that we should be all, we should be so consumed by the love of God, by the love of Christ, the free gift of salvation to the point to where we cannot contain it. But yet the churches today and what we ultimately see here in this gospel here or in this, in this letter that Paul's writing to the Galatians is that we are allowing others to infiltrate that, that, that passion that fire, and then we're allowing them to extinguish the flame. We would rather choose to obey the, the, the commandments and the laws of men and their tradition than remain faithful to the true gospel, which sets us all free from that. Paul later goes on in Galatians, or Galatians, what am I thinking? Colossians chapter 3, and he says this in verses 1 through 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, you need to be seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father. He goes on and says, you need to set your minds on the things above and not the things of earth, because you have died with Christ. Your life is hidden within him. 
And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So as a result of putting our faith in Christ, we become one with Christ and we are hidden in him. We become his image bearers, his likeness. We become the aroma of Christ, as Paul also talks about. When we walk into the room, when there's people around, people should be like, man, who, who's got all that joy? Who's got all that happiness? Who's got that love? But no, for many of us, we walk in the room, people are like, man, what's that stagnant smell? Mm. Mm. Right? We don't want to be whitewashed tombs, people. Where we look pretty on the outside, but on the inside, we are just as dead as the deadest thing in the world. But we need to be alive when we put on faith. When we, when we put our faith in Christ, we are made alive in Him. And we should have the aroma of Christ. People should not be able to, uh, uh, when they see us, when they hear that we are believers in Christ, they should not be able to just put us in with the rest of the group. But rather, they must separate us because they're like, hey, there's something completely different about this guy over here. Y'all feeling me? Larry, you feeling That's right. Amen. Which leads me to the last point here, and we'll start wrapping up. I know I'm almost pushing time. As a result of, the, of those first two, the third thing is that as a result of us being crucified in Christ, we are now set free from the law of sin through faith in Christ. We are set free. Right? We see that in verses 20, the second half of verse 20 going into 21. It says this, it says, uh, In the life I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. This is a beautiful picture for us. When we read, when we read verses 28 through 21, this is beautiful because of the justification that has been paid for us. Or the, the act of justification there where we are made right before God. Because, uh, only because we, are, we put our faith in Christ. Because we put our faith in Christ, we are made, we are made uh, right. We are justified before God. And because of that, we're able to live with God. We're able to be accepted by God. We're able to be alive in God. And this is a beautiful thing that we should not be able to contain. But this is the other thing. Through that, through us being justified, we both legally and relationally become empowered by God. What I mean by that is this. Legally, we become empowered by God because we are no longer condemned to our sin, which is what we saw in verses 19 and, or 19 and 20. Relationally, we become empowered because we now share in Christ's sufferings and we have died to our old ways. What do I mean, that, what do I mean by we share in Christ's sufferings? When we choose to put our faith in Christ, we become Christ and dwells himself in us. The spirit comes and he dwells within us and we now partake in the things of Christ. Just as Christ came and walked among the earth and he faced suffering, it's bound to happen to us because when we put on the image of Christ, guess what? People are gonna come against it. Christ wasn't somebody who, uh, Jesus wasn't somebody that everybody just absolutely loved. They loved him for his miracles, absolutely. But when it came down to the truth in which he was speaking to their hearts, guess what? They were like Peter. They are like, no, nah, man, I'm going to back away from this. 
He wasn't, he wasn't that favorable when it came to the truth. And that's the same thing for us today. When we put on the imputed righteousness of Christ, people are going to want to rebel against us. They're not going to want to have to do anything to do with us because of Christ. But because, because we are crucified with Christ, relationally we are now empowered by Christ or by God. We must never forget that. And here's the thing, the only way that we can remain free, guys, y'all ready for this? The only way we can remain free in our Christian walk today is through this. It's not through obedience to the law, okay, or, or fulfilling what the church requires of us. But rather, it is through the indwelling Holy Spirit given to us that releases divine power in us to be able to live that life. Amen. It has nothing to do with you. You can be the strongest, you can be the smartest, you can be the greatest in your field. I don't care. You yourself cannot live a Christian life the way you're supposed to without Christ. Because without Christ, guess what? You're not a Christian. That word Christian is Christ follower. And back in when that term first came about, guess what? That was actually a derogatory term. They used it in a derogatory sense. Like, ooh, man, y'all see them Christians over there? And you need to stay away from the Christians. But now it's like some form of endearment, right? Where it's like, oh, you're a Christian. Yeah, praise God. The only way you can truly live the Christian life, be a Christ follower, is through the imputed righteousness of God, through the indwelling Holy Spirit within you who gives you the divine power to do it. Because everything inside of us in our nature wants to rebel against it. And it goes on in verse 21. It says, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. What Paul is assuring the people here is this, is that for if righteousness were to be found through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And, and what Paul has, and, and all that Paul has been proclaiming in his ministry up to this point is, is void. And all that we believe is void. If righteousness can be gained through the law, the gospel is not needed. Then Christ died for no purpose. God sent his one and only son for no reason. He was just wasting his time. But that's not the case. God sent his one and only son because that's the only way that we can have life. The Old Testament law doesn't bring life. The Old Testament law only brings you to the threshold of grace. But it's Christ who brings you through the door. Will you guys pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for men like Paul, who you called to be ambassadors for Christ, who were boldly proclaiming the truth. And because of, as a result of their boldness, Father, we now have the gospel today. We now get to partake in the goodness of you. And Lord, we are now able to be justified by the blood of Christ. So Lord, we thank you for, for this message of hope that we now have. And I just pray, God, if anybody is here and they do not understand the gospel message or they have questions, Lord, that they will start seeking. Because Lord, the only way we can find answers is by seeking the right questions. And so Lord, I just pray that that will happen today.